Welcome to Thrive Through Marketing, the only organic content marketing podcast for mental wellness companies. You have a mission to impact the world, and I have a mission to help you do that, all while increasing revenue, creating a new stream of customers, and reaching people before they even know they need you. With more than a decade of experience in organic content marketing and a deep passion and respect for mental wellness, there's one thing I know for sure. When you thrive, your customers thrive. That's why I'm here to deliver strategies, ideas, insights, and interviews from storytelling and analytics to practical steps and high-level vision. We cover it all. So if you're ready to leverage the power of organic content marketing, let's get started. Welcome back to Thrive Through Marketing, everyone. We are here with Jason Wood, who turned his battle with orthorexia into a mission to break the stigma around men's mental health by publishing his memoir, Starving for Survival. He is proud to serve on the board for two eating disorder recovery organizations, Running in Silence and Soul Pause Recovery Project. He's the marketing and communications manager at Aned and facilitates the organization's new men's peer support group. Through speaking engagements, his writing, his work, Jason strives to start an important conversation that encourages everyone, especially men, to speak up, share their stories, and get the help they deserve. I've been so excited to meet you. Welcome here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I have, I've been looking forward to this conversation since uh, we first touched base, so really looking forward to to a great time today. Yeah, I initially, you know what is funny, I, I saw you on LinkedIn and then I think I mentioned your name to maybe Serena at Project Heal. And she's like, yeah, of course, Jason. I love Jason. He's so great. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. And then I was talking to, so I, for those of you who don't know listening, I volunteer my time for Project Heal for marketing strategy and SEO stuff. Then I also volunteer some time with Leah, who you're also connected with, yeah. with Sea Waves, which is another incredible eating disorder recovery organization for eating disorders in the military. So I'm like, all right, I've got to talk to this guy. I need to get him on a podcast <laughs> recording and just connect because you know all the people or some of the few people that I know in this space as I get more into it. Yeah, it's so cool because we're such a community. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're all just a community, all working together to try to help other people. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the coolest parts about what I get to do is just meeting other people who are passionate about helping mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the stories and experiences that you get to share. It's pretty cool. Like with Serena, I've talked with her for oh, a couple of years now through email. And then I finally got to meet her in person earlier this yeah. year. And it's super exciting. Um, it's like, wow, you actually really exist. So uh, it's really cool when we can all just kind of come together and and build that community. Mm-hmm. Especially in the eating disorder space where we just need all the help we can get and we need all the voices we can get because awareness is such an important part of helping people go through yeah. eating disorder and finding recovery and getting better. So it really is. It really is. I can't wait until the day that I get to say I'm just an eating disorder advocate and not mm-hmm. a men's eating disorder advocate, mm-hmm. but it's like we so badly need the men speaking up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's why I joined the conversation because it's so important that we get every voice heard. That, and that's one thing that I try to do in, in my roles now is to make sure that everybody from all different backgrounds are getting heard because at the end of the day, eating disorders and mental health, they impact every one of us. Mm-hmm. And all of us in, in different ways, you know, looking 
looking at the trans community or the BIPOC community, like they're all experiencing eating disorders and mental health from through a different lens and with a completely different set of challenges in addition to maybe challenges that you and I are familiar with. And so that authenticity and that diversity in how you're speaking to those people is just like, I mean, it's critical for them to actually feel heard and seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I experienced that when I, when I lead the Anid men's support group is that all good individuals. And even though we're all males, we still all come from different backgrounds and we all had different experiences with our eating disorders. And I'm learning so much from just listening to them mm-hmm. because I only know from my own personal experience, it okay. isn't until we start to engage in that storytelling and sharing with other people that we can truly understand other perspectives on the same topic. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings us to what I wanted to chat with you about today, which is the power of lived experience in marketing and especially in the eating disorder awareness and recovery space. And I feel like sharing your lived experience is an important part of that. And I want to talk about it, but also listening is such an important part of that. Talk to me about how you with Aned, how do you guys, your organization facilitate listening and really be active and intentional about hearing your audience and your community? Yeah. So one of the first things that we do, and it, it kind of happens through training when our volunteers come aboard or when new staff is coming aboard, we go through different training modules to prepare to work with individuals who are struggling with an eating disorder. And one of the key messages in there is that we're not there to fix their problems for them. We're there to help guide them to healing and guide them to solutions. And I think that's a big component of the listening, because I know personally, I'm a fixer. Naturally, Mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. If somebody comes to me with a problem, I'm going to be like, do X, do Y, do Z, and everything will be better again. And when we start to do that, we're not really listening any longer. We're thinking in our own head and we're trying to fix it. So I think when we take a step back and we just pause and realize that we're there to help somebody else, that is really where that listening comes in handy because I was guilty of it for a long time myself. I wasn't listening to other people. I was trying to fix it and be there for them, but I wasn't truly listening. So there's a lot of power in in just pausing and letting somebody have that space. Um, And oftentimes, especially in eating disorder community, that's what all people need. They just need that space where they can be heard um, because they might not be being heard at home or with their treatment team or with the people around them, but they come to Anid and they know that there they can be listened to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And looking out across, you know, marketing channels and platforms, are you actively listening, you know, through Instagram, through LinkedIn, like how are you making sure that you're listening to the people there, not just maybe people you come into direct contact with? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's one of those things where at first I thought, okay, I'm in a, my own personal blog, I'm going to share a bunch of posts about me and talk about me. Mm -hmm. And I realized it's not about that all the time. It's about engaging with the community and getting social, doing exactly what social media is meant for, having connections and and going through feeds and actually doing so with a purpose. Mm -hmm. I know we often will sit there and mindlessly scroll through our feeds and just like stuff. But I intentionally set some time every single day, whether it's on my personal blog or whether it's through my work uh, social accounts, 
to listen to the community, to see what maybe is trending as far as hashtags, to see what topics are going on, to see what some of my favorite influencers or other organizations might be sharing so that I can make sure our messaging is in line. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I want to differentiate it a little bit from the other organizations, but I also want it to just add to a conversation, whether it's Project Heal or Sea Waves or us at Anid, we're all talking about the same thing. We might talk about it a little differently, but that's what really enriches that conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's important, I think, to set aside some time to just do some social media research and to actually scroll those feeds with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I always remind my clients too, if you think about your social platforms as a marketing platform and that's it, you're not going to have the success that you're looking for. We need to see it as a community. Like, like how you mentioned the social piece, I always say, put the social back in social media. Like you need to be open to having conversations, not immediately. Like one of the things that I hate about LinkedIn is like every email you get is a sales email, right? There's like, there's no, not often that genuine conversation that's actually coming out of connections. There's people just looking to sell you. Obviously we can facilitate that in our feed and within our community, but, um, I find when you shift your mindset and allow it to be a community that you naturally want to listen more and engage more and hear more of what's going on in the space. Exactly. Yeah. And to me, one of the most disheartening things is just the social media follower is when I'll reach out to an organization or another person on there through private messages, and then I never hear back from them. Because mm. uh, to me, it's so important that we engage in those conversations. And I realize sometimes things are going to get caught in filters or might be hidden, so you mm -hmm. might not see it. But that's why as a marketing and communication manager for Anid, I go into those folders to make sure things are not getting missed and things aren't falling through the cracks because mm -hmm. it's so important that we engage with our audience and we have that, that two-sided conversation. Social media is not a one-sided conversation. It was intended to be two-sided. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that I'm more likely to trust or want to work with another organization if they respond back to me. Or rather than if they just completely ignore me and all they ever do on their social feeds is talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And data shows that too. Data consistently reports that people stay loyal to organizations that they feel like are engaged with them and respond to them and are friendly and not just that we're here just to post, look at our sale, look at this product, look at this service. And mm -hmm. that's, we're better than, you know, we're better than communicating with you or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Because then it feels like we're just kind of stuck in their highlight reel. And right. nobody likes that when your friend is the one that's posting just the highlight reel all the time. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're not going to like it when another organization does it as well. Yeah. So I really like this idea of the power of lived experience in marketing. And, you know, as we're talking really more specifically about marketing as an eating disorder organization, how I think my first question is, how do you bring in the lived experience of your whole team? Like you're just one person. How mm -hmm. can we, or do you tap into members of your team or your audience or your community to bring that more human aspect of the work that you're doing? Yeah. So one of the big things, the starting point is it all begins with me. Um, and that might sound self-centered, but uh, let me explain here. It actually, I, when I get out there and I share my story, 
I hope to spawn others to share their stories as well and inspire them. Um, I'm a huge proponent that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So if I'm opening up, other people will often open up in return to me. One of the things that I saw once I published my book was that I had friends reaching out to me and sharing their own personal struggles with an eating disorder that I'd had no idea about, mm -hmm. that this was happening in silence. But it was because I took that first step and set the example and was vulnerable myself, other people around me trusted me then with their stories. So I think that is so important when I'm trying to collect other individual stories is to be open and honest about my own story, because that's going to establish that trust. Mm -hmm. That's going to make them feel comfortable in, in sharing that story with me. So I'm constantly reaching out, whether it's to our volunteer base at Anid or to other staff members or to other organizations to get their stories. And I do so by sharing my own story first so yeah. that they know this is a safe place. This is a place where their story is going to be treated with respect. It's not, I'm just solely using your story to try to benefit my organization. Right. I have to show that I actually genuinely care and that I think there is a lot of value in their story, not just for my organization, but for their own personal benefit as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the things that comes to mind right away is we, we mentioned it at the top with uh, sea waves. Uh, that is one where, of course, I don't have that military experience. I don't know what it's like for a veteran to battle body dysmorphia or eating disorders, but I can share my story and hopefully in turn other veterans or individuals with sea waves would feel comfortable in sharing their stories with me. And together we kind of bridge that gap. And I think that's what's really cool when organizations cross collaborate because it really gives us a diverse pool of stories to be able to share. So true. And from a practical standpoint, how often are you reaching out to your community or your volunteers for these stories? Are you reaching out once a month and sending an email out? Are you just, is it just a constant open line of communication? Are you doing it around specific campaigns or projects? I'm curious how you facilitate that. Yeah, so it will often be around specific campaigns or projects. Uh, you know, as we approached the end of year campaign, we started to reach out to some of our volunteers to get their involvement and their feedback on our programs and services. Uh, as we navigate the holiday period, it's really helpful to have stories from all different backgrounds. So again, I'm reaching out to our to our partners or to our volunteers. So it's kind of, it's project-based for me. I'll identify the project and then identify the need and mm -hmm. then usually reach out. But I do like to keep the lines of communication constantly open. And I think that's so important when it comes to any type of partnership or collaboration that you do is to try not to just pigeonhole it into one specific project. Mm -hmm. uh, you might be able to start there, but I think moving forward then, once you've opened that door, collaboration or um, storytelling is always possible again down the road. Mm -hmm. And how are you bringing their stories into your marketing? Are you featuring the video with them? Are you creating graphics with their quotes? I'm curious how their experience then lands in your feed or in your emails or on your website. Yeah, so um, it's a mix of kind of all the different multimedia out there. So sometimes we'll do a video. Sometimes if they will are willing to record a video, we like to do short reels, keep it under 90 seconds, because we always seem to see that that gets the most engagement on social media is the shorter videos. Sometimes we'll do a quote. Sometimes we'll do it as a 
five practical tips to navigate mm-hmm. the season and uh, include their ideas in there and then mention them in the caption. So uh, there's always different ways that we can go about sharing their stories. But I think it's important that sometimes you do have that human voice and you actually physically get to see that person because that really drives home the human connection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think I have one more question on this. How are you facilitating outreach for those um, cross-organization uh, collaborations that you were mentioning? You know, I, I think I saw you just did something with SeaWave, which was really awesome. Um, how do you, do you have like a goal for that per quarter? Are you measuring that in any way? I'd love to know more about how you do that. Yeah, so that is very organic. That is kind of mm-hmm. off the cuff as a as a topic comes about. I'll be thinking, oh, you know, this organization would be a really good organization to touch base and collaborate on with this on. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when you search the social media feeds and you understand what the climate is and you understand what organizations are talking about. That makes it really easy for me then once I identify a topic to be like, yes, these three organizations would be really helpful during this next campaign. Let's try to get them involved. So I think it goes back to doing that research and understanding your audience and understanding the community, um, in whatever industry you're working in. So uh, for me, yeah, it's kind of just as the projects come along, I'll say, hey, let's reach out to this one. The more collaborations, the better. I think if I could have like 90% of my posts be collaborations, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, I know I'll never get there, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I love the opportunity to be able to partner and collaborate. Mm-hmm. Well, it just has so much value, right? Outside of the diversity and the blending of audiences and reaching more people, it also allows you to learn from other people. Maybe you're getting other ideas from them. Maybe there's future collaborations. It's just, I feel like the more I do this work, especially in organic, it's just so clear that collaborating and partnering is one of the best ways to really amplify your message as much as possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Because um, when I first started out, I wanted to share my story and that's all I knew. I didn't know who I was going to talk to. I didn't know if anybody would even be interested in hearing my story, but I wanted to share my story. Mm -hmm. And that is how I started to, I guess, carve my space in the industry was reaching out to other organizations to collaborate and to share my story through their platforms. Mm -hmm. And that helped me grow my personal blog and my personal brand. It helped me prepare for my book, but now it also helps me in my role at Anid. It helps me in my role on the eating, on the board at those eating disorder uh, nonprofits because I'm able to establish those connections. And again, we're just a community. We need to all work together towards the common cause. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the, the eating disorder recovery community has a, a really strong uh, strong connection across a lot of the organizations. So it's cool to see us all come together and uh, just amplify that message. What I found is in this space, so many people are willing to share and know the power of sharing and want to. I hoping to build something in the future, TBD on what that actually is. But to start figuring that out, I started having calls with people who have gone through eating disorder recovery. And every single person, like I spoke to like 20 people and everyone is, I don't know any of them. Like someone, mm-hmm. I met someone and she had been to recovery and um, to um, uh, been to a specific recovery facility and met a lot of people through that. And she just connected me with a ton of people and they were all like, yeah, sure. I would love to share. I would love to share. I want to help. And 
So I think it's a good reminder for us as marketers to not be afraid to reach out because I think you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to even just tell you their story, like knowing that it might not go anywhere or do anything other than help inform you and how supportive that can be for you as well to learn more about your audience and your industry and who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. One of the things we have coming up at Anid is a storytelling event, actually, during Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And uh, when we put the auditions out there, I wasn't sure what the response would be. I was worried we might struggle to fill the cast of 12 to 15 people is what they were recommending. And we had almost 50 people audition wow. for the event. And that just, that blew my mind. It was so cool to see that happen. And it reminded me just how many people within the community want to share their story. And I hear it all the time. People will reach out to me. At first it was, they wanted me to come and share my story. Now they want me to help them share their story. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to be able to see, I guess, the shoe on the other foot now. And I'm the one helping other people share their story. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, I had folks mentoring me and helping me share my own. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the final question I have for you is one that I ask everyone on the podcast, which is what organic marketing strategy is working best for you right now? Yeah. So I would say it it goes back to that storytelling and especially Mm -hmm. storytelling through social media and -hmm. through our email communications. I notice um, that a lot of our engagement, especially at Anid, comes through our email communications. So never underestimate the power of your mailing list, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you can humanize the messaging and it doesn't feel like just a cold newsletter coming out or these are the updates like you're watching the local news. No, this actually has that human element and you're telling a story through your marketing. You're telling a story uh, maybe through your email campaign that's then complemented by your social media campaign. Um, so to me, it's it's just so important to drive that story home with your audience and understand that the people who might be following you on social media might look a little bit different than the people who are reading your emails. So to try to make sure that that message at the end of the day is cohesive and that they complement each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your insights and experience. It's absolutely invaluable. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for everything you do. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.